The reading this morning is from John 18, verse 15 to 27. John 18, starting at verse 15. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I've spoken openly to the world. I have taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I have said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter denied it again, and at once a cock crowed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So JB is going to come up and speak to us now, um, and I'm just going to pray for him quickly before he does that. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice and your grace towards us, and I thank you for JB. Lord, I pray that your words would flow from him and our hearts would receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much, Anna. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. I was supposed to bring uh, this sermon to you in real life, but again, I'm doing it online. I don't know what I should, how I should take this, if there is something to learn from that. I don't know. But I'm here today and I'm happy to, to bring this sermon for you today. I will just start to pray before we go into the sermon. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your presence in our life, for your presence here this morning. We want to open our heart this morning. We know that it can be hard and some people are struggling to just go back to this second lockdown and to do the things online again on Zoom, Lord. But we know that you are still uh, here. You are still working in us. And please, Lord, continue to feed us and to equip this church. 
Amen. How many of you get angry? It might surprise you, but I can get angry. And do you know when I can get angry? Well, when I am hungry. When I haven't eaten for a while, I start to be a little more sensitive. And I am on edge. I can start to be very unpleasant. Especially if my bœuf bourguignon isn't ready on time. I am the kind of person that if I don't eat regularly, I start to feel uh, very weak. But the other problem is that when I'm weak, I don't react as I should. And it's others, and especially my wife, who pay the price. And it's interesting how I don't look so Christian anymore. And I find it crazy how the circumstances of life can throw all our good convictions in the bin. Life circumstances can reveal the selfishness within us. And in our reading today, we have Peter, one of Christ's disciples, illustrating this for us. The beginning of this chapter 18 takes place in the well-known Garden of Gethsemane. Judas betrays Jesus, and then the soldiers and the high priest came to take Jesus. They came to find the king of kings with lanterns, torches, and weapons. And the moment where they, the soldiers seized Jesus, Peter reacted in his zeal and passion. He cut the ear of a soldier, but Jesus stopped him, saying, put your sword into its shield. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? We see that the Lord was ready to give his life to fulfill the great mission for the world. And so the soldiers arrested him. And so today I would like us to look specifically at Peter because there is so much to teach us. The interesting thing is that there are two scenes in Peter's life that speak into this moment. First was Peter, when Peter was with Jesus during the Passover meal in Matthew 26, verse 31 to 35. Jesus said, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered him, Though they all fall away, because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Just imagine the moment and the reaction among the, the Jesus disciples during this meal. In the midst of such a celebratory moment, Jesus tells this man that the wine they drink represents his blood and the bread they eat, his broken body. And then he lets his disciples know that by the end of the night, they will leave him. 
he said, you will all fall away because of me this night. The sheep of the flock will be scattered. The disciples couldn't see what Jesus was seeing. They believed that their devotion to him would be greater than it was. Such is cl clearly the case with Peter. He was impulsive, zealous. He had an overestimation of his love for Jesus and disregarded the prophetic words of God by responding, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Interesting. Interesting to see that, like, just this passion, the Peter's passion. But the thing is, Peter's view of God and his view of himself was distorted. Perhaps he believed that Jesus' word was hypothetical or subject to interpretation. But Peter's response with all its tumultuous extravagance had no power to change his nature or Christ's prophecy. Although he had seen the words of Jesus quiet a wild sea and raising corpse to life, he didn't consider that these words were the words of God over his life and how they were revealing the insight of Christ. While revealing the unfaithful inconsistencies of the disciples. It wasn't long before Peter came to see this prediction come true. And so the second scene is where Jesus is resurrected and appears to the disciples a few days later on the beach in John 21, where Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed. Sitting on the beach after breakfast, Jesus had just asked him for the third time if he loved him. Peter had already answered him all heartily twice. Yes, I love you. What else was he supposed to say? And with these questions, the Lord put his finger on a very tender wound in Peter's heart. And Peter's failure in the night of Jesus' trial had been nothing short of horrible. At the time of his Lord's greatest anguish, Peter had denied even knowing him. And this sin shook Peter in the depth of his being. But put back to Omen passage. As Jesus was taken to the high priest, Peter and another anonymous disciple, that we suppose is John himself, just followed him. And Peter's statement to Jesus probably permitted his thoughts. So he was just thinking like, I told him I wouldn't deny him. I told him that even if they all fall away, I wouldn't. Where are they all now, all these disciples? It's just me and the other one. We are the real disciples. And I wonder how much his commitment to his promise motivated him to follow Jesus, Jesus rather than his actual love for Jesus. And I would say how easy it is for humanity to swear allegiance to their rhetoric more than to God. 
was Peter really ready to die for Jesus? Or did he just love the idea of pleasing Jesus with words while he was sitting in front of him? All of that should questioning us. Are we really willing to follow through with our action when it comes to glorifying God? Holding him above ourselves. You know, when I was a teenager, I denied my faith a few times. There was a band of guys at school and one day they knew that my family was Christians and they just started to believe me. But I said that I have nothing linked to them, that I don't really believe in the thing, I don't really what my parents believed. And because just I was so afraid to be rejected, I just wanted to be cool, you know. And I shamefully denied my faith and so Christ. And what a sad thing when you know the greatness of Christ and the, the excellence of the gospel. And so here, Peter ended up having access to the courtyard because the high priest knew the other disciples who was following Jesus. And immediately, Peter's bold statement were put to the test. You are not one of this man's disciples either, are you? Asked the maid who led Peter into the courtyard. And just imagine the war that could have been going on in Peter's heart at the time. But it seems that the war didn't last long if there was any war. In fact, Peter's response seems impulsive, a bit reactionary, which reveals much. I'm not, Peter replied. Isn't it interesting how quick responses to life unexpected temptations so often reveal the character we use as Christian jargon to deny? Where was the brave and daring follower of Jesus with which he spoke of before? He wasn't fearless enough to even be named as a disciple of the one with whom he had just broken bread. Peter's words didn't match his reality. He denied Christ. But a bigger reality was happening at the same time, which would which would prove to be his hope. During this time, question or also ask of Christ. The high priest asked about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus, in stark contrast to Peter, is telling the truth. Jesus isn't ashamed of the consequences of his honesty. He doesn't hide the fact that he has let everyone know in the temple and in the synagogue, that he is in fact the Son of God, the, the, prom, the prophesied Messiah who came to save sinners. His words of truth arise from his nature and in accordance with his mission. And Jesus is heading for his hour, a trial that will lead to his death. And while the high priest interrogates Jesus, Peter gathers gathers around a fire with officers and soldiers. As the fire warms his hands, what was the temperature of his heart? 
Just imagine you in Peter's place. After denying Jesus once, how come Peter was so comfortable coming together with the enemies of his Savior? Him, who, is, who was so passionate, so zealed. Why not cry bitterly now? Maybe he had a reputation to keep. But he has made it known that he's allegedly not a disciple. So there is no reason to fear the implication of being associated with the prisoner being questioned nearby. But his rebellious peace is broken by another question. You are not one of his disciples, either are you? Someone asked. I'm not, Peter replied. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose here Peter's had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied it again. Who knows if Peter would have continued to deny Jesus more times than this if the jarring sound of the rooster hadn't shaken him from his depraved trajectory. As soon as the rooster's crow reaches, reaches his ears, Peter realized. The weight of it all made Peter run away and cry bitterly. The thing is, no one except Jesus thought that Peter would behave that way. He was so zealous, yet he denied him. Did he behave like this because of his reputation or because of the fear of losing his life? And the thing is, we are like Peter, or aren't we? I would say it's so easy to come to Sunday service and worship the Lord and keep it to ourselves. Because our human nature don't want to show our faith to the world, to our friends, or to our family. Why? Because it might cost us something. Maybe reputation, friendship, fear of judgment, looking stupid, or maybe even losing your life. Many of our brothers, brothers and sisters around the world face this threat. The point is, we are weak. But you know what? Jesus died. He died and was resurrected for our weakness. And it's horrible and in the same time wonderful to say that Jesus died for us because of our weakness. This weakness, weakness in obedience, weakness in staying pure, weakness in loving and sacrificing. But Jesus accomplished everything on the cross to accept those of us who would act like Peter. In our great weakness, there is hope. But there is something to remember. Peter met Jesus after his resurrection. And I often wonder what Jesus looked like when he made eye contact with Peter after his, his denial. Was his face burning with anger, ready to reject Peter because he he lied and betrayed him? 
But in John 21, as Peter was fishing with the other disciples, he knew that Jesus was there. And when he knew it, he jumped into the water and swam toward Jesus. Jesus didn't reject him. And he even said, feed my lambs. I imagine that is what grace and truth looks like. Although Peter was reminded and broken by his sin, there was hope for his fickle heart. Christ's words warned Peter of his impending denial, but they also prepared Peter for his impending forgiveness and restoration. The future work of Christ on the cross would pay the price of Peter's pride, fear, shame, and condemnation. While Peter was unfaithful, Jesus was uncompromisingly faithful. And I would say, I think I can overestimate my devotion to Jesus sometimes. We all have our times when we overestimate our devotion to God. Like we trust ourselves instead of his words and deny the one we love. There may be no crowd to break the silence of our pride, but how sweet the sound of grace is. The trial, the trial that would lead Christ's death would become the catalyst for his resurrection. And thus the anchor by which we can all say without shame that we are disciples of the living God in whose name we are kept forever. Thanks God for Peter. Thanks God for John. In the wake of such awful events revealing to us today how even the most dedicated disciples can behave when our world looks like it's falling apart. I truly believe this is here for us to learn from. The circumstances of, of our lives and the strain we are put under can reveal who we are more dedicated to. Jesus or me. Learning from Peter can train us to put Christ first, even at our weakest. And this morning I want to encourage you to be like Peter. Of course, not to deny Jesus, but to jump into the water and to swim toward Christ. Even though Peter knew he failed, he also knows that he can find love and forgiveness in Christ. And so I really want to encourage you to turn to Christ. If you have failed in, failed in something, if the circumstances reveal your selfish heart, Please do not remain ashamed, but run into the open arms of Christ. Amen.